All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? He's a good guy. <laughs> You're probably beat up in the bus stop most of the time. I think so, huh? <laughs> Next. I only shoot, then score. Then you score, then we'll come. I just want you to leave, that's all. I just want you to leave. I don't want to see you. Is it not my right? We are back. It's another episode of the Department of Discipline. There's Jay Rosehill from his uh, old Alberta estate. My name is Ryan Pinder. I'm sorry. I'm still still on vacation. My apologies. I'm sorry. Coming sorry. from the guy who's been in the sun for how many weeks now? Do you ever do you ever feel bad for your lifestyle? You know, it's just you got to remember to lotion up before you get in the sun. You don't want that burnt nose. That's uh, tough times, but uh, we're doing our best down here. Home in 24 hours. Love it. Well, we'll do this one online again, I guess, and then we'll be back in studio next week. Can't wait. Okay. Uh, right to it. A serious bit of news right off the top. Matt Petgrave has been arrested and looks like under the suspicion of manslaughter, he's been brought in by police in the United Kingdom regarding the death of Adam Johnson. Back on October 28th, 17 days later, police bring in Matt Petgrave and it's suspected it'll be a manslaughter charge he's facing. Manslaughter, by definition in the UK, it is a killing that is the result of an unreasonable act. It is not something that is done with intent to kill, but it's something that is not lawful that leads to death. It's an unlawful killing done without intention to kill or cause grievous bodily harm. This is crazy, man. When sports spill off the playing field and into the courtroom. I always, it just, A, something bad's happened, and B, I don't know how 
things are going to be interpreted by a legal system when in a sport you're allowed to do so much that you can't do on the street. Yeah, exactly. It's a different ball game. You can bare knuckle fight in the arena and the refs and there's police in the building and they sit there and clap. You do that outside of the building, you get in some pretty serious trouble. So it is a different thing. I heard this news and needed to double check that it was real. It is. Keep in mind, he hasn't been charged, I don't believe. He's been arrested. I think things are done a little bit differently in the UK. So we'll we'll watch to see exactly what these things mean and what they turn into. Will this be a trial? I have no idea. But the one thing I do know is that the professionals that be, the, the police, the investigators, have done their job. They have gotten together. They have reviewed everything, interviewed everyone, looked at every possible piece of information, and they have come to the conclusion that it warrants an arrest. I can't say that I am surprised. Let me be clear. Manslaughter is very different than murder. It is not premeditated. It wasn't intentional. I do not think Matt Petgrave intended to take the life or even risk the life of Johnson. But when I watch the video, and if you haven't watched the video and you have an opinion on this, you need to stop. You cannot have an opinion on this situation if you have not watched the video. I understand some people are squeamish and can't watch that thing. That's fine. But you're not allowed to, to comment on it if you haven't even physically seen it. I've watched it many, many times. I've broken it down. I found a very clear video at one point that doesn't seem to be around anymore. I've said it before. He's leaning in to the player. The momentum would make his feet go basically behind him, if anything. And the momentum, he acts against the momentum and lifts that leg up to get right under the chin, basically, of the puck carrier coming towards him, catches him in the neck. A very, very sad tragedy, of course, without saying. But as the dust has settled, we need to figure out you know what that is. And at the end of the day, I don't know if anyone knows besides Matt Petgrave what was going through his head when that happened. I don't think anyone will know. But the fact of the matter is the professionals have looked at it and decided that extra action is warranted. Well, and you'd noted it a week ago. We've seen people play the sport since the late 1800s. It's pretty much a standalone event with this type of an incident with resulting in death and not where it's like, oh yeah, there was a scrum and this is different. This is weird. And I think the hockey world will be watching as this plays out in the United Kingdom. I wonder if we don't see some of those uh, NHL reporters and insiders show up for any theoretical legal events or proceedings in the United Kingdom because uh, it's pretty unprecedented. And, and I think it feels like something that you can't just ignore if you're a hockey fan at this point. No, nor, nor should you. And it's just such a tough thing because like you say, there's been so many years of, of hockey and this hasn't really happened. And, and why hasn't it happened? Because it's not very likely to happen. I'm sorry, but I can't equate it to anything else but the WWE where a guy comes flying off the ropes towards you and you throw your foot under his chin and bury him like that. That's what it looked like on ice with a blade on your skate and it led to a person dying. So I can understand why the law enforcement needs to look at it. It is now no longer a hockey play. It's ne I've never seen a play like that. Nobody's ever seen a play like that. They got to get to the bottom of why did it happen? How did it happen? And does more need to happen? Again, we're not going to know ever why that happened. The only one that knows why that happened is Matt Petgrave. And maybe he doesn't even know. But I do know that he's going to be punished for the rest of his life, regardless of what comes of this arrest. I do know that the consequences are going to lay with him heavily for the rest of his life. So is there a reason? It's one of those things like, has he been punished enough already? What are you going to get out of it by 
putting him in jail or, you know, any of these different things. And I just can't help but come back to the human side of the thing. I mean, people are quick to point out Matt Petgrave having, you know, suspension history. He's a pretty on the line, over the edge type of player. I don't think that's relevant at all. You could say the, the one goes to the other, but there's been a thousand players that play absolutely on the edge of insanity and nothing like this has ever even close to happened. I just think you have to look at the incident that's completely isolated. I would love to interview and, and hear Petgrave's response to this, reasoning for this. What happened? What is his recollection of it? What was his thought process of it? That would maybe help clarify things for me, at least, I think. But at the end of the day, it's just this story just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And at the end of it, there's no doubt that the biggest, saddest part of it is that someone lost their life. A young man lost his life. We understand the injury risk involved, but I don't think anyone laces up thinking, yeah, I might die today. That That's a next level thing. And it will have some ramifications on the sport of hockey to be sure. Okay. Uh, not an easy way to transition out of that, but uh, the biggest news of the week outside of fighting, that guy was fighting to keep his job, got a win and got fired. Jay Woodcroft's out in Edmonton. Chris Knobloch comes in. He coached Connor McDavid Neary. Connor's agents running the Oilers. Connor's junior buddy was, Brought in as their free agent splash. There's a lot of Connor tie-ins all of a sudden, and the Oilers responded with some good play out of that. Have you been on a team that uh, that has changed coaches, and, and and what sort of a palate cleanser, or I guess a breath of fresh air, can it be for a group that's got off to a miserable start in Edmonton before the coaching change? Yeah, I've been part of firings before. I mean, in Toronto, Ron Wilson gets fired. Uh, they bring in Randy Carlisle, and we don't fire a coach unless the team's underperforming, right? Unless something wild happens behind the scenes, but it's usually an underperformance of the team that leads to the firing. And when it happens mid-season, it's almost like a guilt is or should be on the players. And I remember when Wilson got fired, I think Brian Burke came in and just motherfucked us like a good man lost his job because of you and your guys's lack of performance out there. We can't fire every single one of you. So we have to fire him to try to change something and get this shit back on course. And you get that whole thing and you're like, shit, we're supposed to feel guilty that it wasn't working. And, you know, every situation's different. Sometimes players quit on coaches. Sometimes the coach is out to lunch with his expectations or his systems or the way he handles the team. It's always different, but there's no doubt about it. That team was underperforming so badly. I remember, I think it was last week, they go play the San Jose Sharks. And the whole buzz was, can you imagine? If they lost to San Jose, can mm -hmm. you imagine one of the perennial contenders for the Stanley Cup loses to one of the most dog shit teams that we've seen in years in the San Jose Sharks? They go and they friggin lose to them. What an effort. Everybody coming off the bench to congratulate Mackenzie Blackwood, who provided yeoman service in the nets. But the Sharks got a contribution from just about everybody tonight, and they hold on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 in regulation. I think the writing was on the wall right there. And I think Woodcroft was walking off the ice. And I think he looked over and said, yeah. that might be it. <laughs> I think he got another game on a road trip or something like that. But he was gone. And at the end of the day, you need to mix something up with a hockey team. If it's not working, you can shuffle the lines. And, you know, trading players is such a big process. It doesn't happen overnight. You can switch the whole mentality of a locker room by firing the coach, whether the coach deserves it or not. It's a very easy way to try to change what's going on in the locker room and that's why it happens so often and that's why sometimes it's not really justified or fair but those coaches they know going into it that that's a job that they're going to get fired from one day and it's not always even it's not always fair but you can't allow those Edmonton Oilers with their skill set up front 
to be allowed to continue at that pace. Something had to give. Yeah, and it's a shame for Jay Woodcroft. He'll go down as the winningest points percentage in team history. Rough start. Wasn't getting saves. Connor probably playing through injury. It looked like he he raced back for that outdoor game, which in hindsight might not have been great. And then the hole gets deeper. Well, he's got to keep playing now. They weren't finishing at a near similar rate to what they've done. It's tough. He's gone. That's the business. New guy comes in. I still think this is a playoff team. There's way too much skill. Even if they get middle of the pack or... 25th out of 32nd goaltending. That's enough for a group that's as skilled as they are up front with two of the best three, four, five offensive players on earth. It's a tough start. It costs a guy a job and we'll see what happens next. It feels like the GM's done at the end of the, this year. It's the end of his contract. You've got two years left on Leon Dreisaitl's deal and Connor McDavid's deal. They make lots of money. They're both sweetheart deals. Don't be mistaken. When, when you can get those two guys for $21 million, that's a steal. This is their best chance these two years to finally do something special and a horrible start cost Jay Woodcroft his job. It really is. And I, don't, I think they're so good that you lose sight of the rest of the team. In the summertime to come out and call them the front runners to win at least the West. I'm scratching my head saying the Vegas Golden Knights are still in the West. Are they not? Like they just won and they just get dismissed for this Oilers team because Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are there. The holes in their defense, the holes in their goaltending. I mean, what wins Stanley Cups? Defense and goaltending. So I just, I can't even imagine like nobody's that good. It's not basketball where two guys just win you a championship if they're that much better than everyone else. It's a much more team-oriented sport. And if you have that big of holes in your team, which I believe the Oilers have major holes in their back end and their goaltending, and that's only been proven this year. So I think that they were just way too highly touted out of the start and then sprinkle in the fact that, you know, McDavid, and Dreisaitl might be battling some things, especially McDavid. He is not himself. He's having a career worst year, you could say, at least to start. I'm sure he's capable yep. of turning it back on and and rushing up to Lord knows how many points if he decides to turn it on. But with a new look of the Oilers and everyone that's there, you can't help but think they're just dying to keep him there. I know he wants to win there and prove that he can. I know that he doesn't want to bail and deal with the booze for the rest of his life every time he comes back to Edmonton. But have you seen his face when he does an interview post game? It looks like he's ready to... Guy looks like he's run a marathon. So he's yeah. ready to jump off a bridge, man. He looks so yeah. stressed out. He looks Exhausted. so miserable. Do you think he wants that? Do you think he's enjoying it? He's been putting in a good shift up in Edmonton, and it's farcical how they're able to fall flat on their face when expectations are so high, and I just can't wait to see what happens. I hope he stays in Alberta for their sake and for the province's sake and the organization's sake, but man, there's not a whole lot that could be keeping him there right now, is there? What's the signature move they've done to surround him with talent? Like Kane's 32, Hyman's 31, Eckholm's 33, CeCe's 30, Connor Brown's 30, Jack Campbell's 32. He's in the American League team now. Brett Kulak's 30. Like they're just old all of a sudden and they're not bad. But it's not like going and looking at McKinnon has got McCarr and Rantanen as much younger guys. It's not like looking at Dallas and like, look how old Miro Haskin is and Robertson and Hints are. You know, Matthew Kachuk's quite a bit younger in Florida and they've got some kids coming. Like, And in today's NHL, speed and youth, I don't know how much of either of those two they have outside of the big superstars. We'll see. They're a team to watch. I still think they're a playoff team, but God, they, they suddenly look like maybe a team, not the team, which they were touted to be before the season started. Might be a good time to sprinkle a little cash on these guys. I mean, 
They have fallen flat. They are basement dwellers right now, but the potential is there for them to pull out. I mean, let's be honest. You're going to have to find goaltending, and McDavid's going to have to become Connor McDavid again. And then the sky's the limit. I mean, it's not even you know, the middle of November right now, you get to Christmas and you're rattling it off and you finish strong. These guys could get themselves in a position. Might be a good time to throw a couple bucks on them. I don't mind that at all. Okay, uh, we'll move. Dylan Cousins had a, an interesting interaction with the Philadelphia Flyers. He got to meet one of the tougher guys <laughs> in the NHL, I think, before he knew it was one of the toughest guys in the NHL. Now, Cousins is from Whitehorse, the workhorse from Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. This is a, a great, hardworking fella. And he doesn't like that he gets taken down and throws a little punch with a glove on. And who was it? That, oh, no, it was Garnet Hathaway. Whoopsie daisy. I, I'll, I'll tell you, if I was a veteran on his team, I'd take the stat pack that we get before the game that has every clip, every statistic of every player playing in that game. And I'd put it in his stall every day to say, just take a look at who you're playing against. And I feel for the guy, but I'm proud of him because... You know, like you say, you know, a good workhorse from up north, didn't want to take any bullshit, was probably frustrated and annoyed, got a shot there against the wall, comes back and just lays a cross check to a guy. Can't really see who it is, didn't really take the time to look, then gets into it and oh boy, he had his hands full. And it, it's got to be an ugly feeling getting fed like that, not having a clue. Your first instinct is to bury your head and protect it, but all that does <laughs> is expose it even worse and you can see he takes a bit of a beating i think that last one might have cracked his schnoz and it's going to cost him two and i think dylan cousins along with the rest of the sabers showing their frustration here and hathaway's a handful for dylan if he can get his hands free i mean you go to his interview after it's it's quite comical i mean it well hang on hang on <laughs> before we get to the interview at the end of the fight you can the mics are live and i believe it's rob ray's between the benches no one better to break this thing down but you you pick up some of the audio from the benches and there's a quote and i'm assuming it's a philadelphia flyer it's Both guys receiving five here, no extra penalties. And someone is chirping Cousins, being like, you don't pick a fight with Garnet Hathaway. We're familiar with Garnet's story. He's a, he's a, played a Brown. His first contract was a two-way ECHL-AHL deal with the Flames affiliate. He worked his way up, ECHL, AHL, NHL, then into a free agent payday with the Washington Capitals. That contract has since expired. And if there's ever been a guy that's going to look good in uh, Flyers Orange, he and Nick Delorier made sense to bring into Philly. They're going to love him there. And yeah, he was starting the old lawnmower on Dylan Cousins. Yeah, he was. He's no spoon fed pussy, as you say. This guy's got some some work, <laughs> some work in him, and he worked him over there. But uh, going back to Cousins, being a guy of, of his. Of his caliber, he does not have to do that. Send someone else against the guy, but he was pissed off. Decided to take it upon himself yeah. to handle it. Unfortunately, he messed with the wrong guy. But his interview afterwards, he's got the nose bridge on and everything. Like, is there anything more telling than you got fed a couple bombs and wearing the old nose bridge? I think the double black eyes was coming the next day. But he just said, "Yeah, kind of picked the wrong guy there. Shouldn't have done that. Got let my frustrations get the best of me. I would have gave him the biggest tap on the ass and said, "Hey, tough break, kid." But Way to have the balls to go in there, play hard, stick up for yourself, take your frustrations out, not just mope and go into a shell like some of the kids do these days. I love it. Lesson learned. I, I doubt he'll be making that mistake again. Let's hear from him. It escalated a lot quicker than I prepared myself for, and uh, I think I need to know kind of who I'm going up against and, and uh, be a little smarter next time. Yeah, that's the stat pack, as you what said. What a beauty. Oh, it's beautiful, man. He is a gem. Got his wires crossed. Pat him on the back. Next time, buddy. Tough bounce. They love him in Buffalo. Why not? 
Okay, he'll be better next time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, let's get to our partner on the Department of Discipline, Crown Royal. Crown Royal, Crown Everything, our Crown Royal, generous guy of the week. Love this guy, by the way. Adam Lowry, best Twitter handle in hockey, A Lousy Player. That's his handle. A Lowry, A Lousy, A Lousy Player. Okay, very good. Why generous? How about two scraps in the same games? Anyone wants a dance on Nashville? I'm right here, happy to help. So Lowry... Jeremy Lozon and Cole Smith in the same game. He's big. He's a center. You'd love him on your team any day of the week. He also throws them. Not very often you see a guy with two scraps these these days, is it? Let alone a guy as talented as Lowry. Steps up both times. That scrap's good. The next one was was what it was. But, I mean, you just got to be ready. You know your adrenaline's pumping. You're ready to show up for the game when it calls for it. You shed your stuff. He's leading that team. You know, no one's going to get more fired up than, than his bench right now when your leader's taken upon himself to put himself in danger twice in, it wasn't even 60 minutes. They were both in the first period for crying out loud. He was ready to rock that game, and it's uh, it's impressive to see. Love the player, and a tip of the cap from us at the Department of Discipline to he, Adam Lowry, our generous guy for Crown Royal. Okay, next item. I saw this, and I thought, yep, this is the American League, and you'd be able to speak to it. I worked in the league for a couple of years covering... The Abbotsford Heat at the time, which have moved a few times since, but uh, the AHL has some things that are just the AHL. When I saw this video, this was the American Hockey League. It is the Toronto Marlies and the Grand Rapids Griffins. We got a couple of fish being thrown, and now everybody gets involved! And Mastro Simone is on fire! 38 seconds left to go! And everybody is tied up and paired off. Petronero involved and down on the ground they go. Slavin is throwing big ones and down they go. <laughs> Just mayhem ensues, you know, and 
Watch this one guy turtles something chinzy and then just completely turtles and just set the whole Marlies off. The thing you'll notice if you're watching this, there's not enough linesmen to go around, right? And there's multiple scraps nope. happening. Every time you get a guy down on the ground, you give him the last one as he's fallen. He's down. He's completely vulnerable. Every time they just let it go and they wait for the lineies. Finally, they get there and they separate. It's That's the code that I think people talk about everyone talks about the code this code that i mean they talk about the code back in the 90s i'm like 80s like have you ever seen guys on top of each other in the 80s just speed bagging a guy that's completely defenseless it wasn't all about the code the code is at certain times step up when you need to step up protect yourself when you can but there is part of it left over right here where guys are down vulnerable and there's not enough lineys to go around and you just don't see this big guy on grand rapids could have just kept feeding the guy but he doesn't and that's just the way to do it you realize you're in a brawl. There's, there's something about it, man. There's something about hockey. You, you grow up. It's the culture. You get it. You got to scrap sometimes. You're in it, but you're not You're not hating this guy. You're not trying to hurt this guy. You're trying to get the best of them. You're trying to jack up your team. You're trying to win the game. You're trying to shove it up their ass, but you're not trying to physically you know, injure this guy and, and take him out of the game or anything. It's never that, and I, I always kind of smile at that, that guys can bare knuckle fight but still have you know the common decency not to go overboard and hurt each other best line brawl you ever got in oh man i going back to junior um there's some in the american league it's all just a blur when you're in those things um i fought three times in one game wasn't planned wasn't intentional it was organic i i buried a defenseman with his head down got jumped by somebody we scrapped their heavy came after me the next period for it scrapped him we were done third period the guy that i hit originally comes up to me and says we're going we're going and he wasn't the kind of guy to step up very often and i was like are you sure are you sure and their bench is screaming no no <laughs> and i was like all right shed a shit and uh gave him a few and then and then they kicked you out i always had to laugh because that's the rule you can only fight three times in this game and then we're not going to let you play until tomorrow <laughs> it just makes me shake my head saying i love this sport so damn much I'm trying to think of another sport, a fight would be like maybe three weeks, three months, maybe three years, depending on the sport. But it's, yeah, it's three of them and you can, you can play tomorrow. That's yeah, fine. Too funny. The American League is good for that, man. And people always ask me, who's the toughest guy you've ever fought and blah, blah, blah. And you've got the names that go around that people know of, no question. But down in that American League, man, there are some beasts, some, some man children that have no business even being on skates and they're running around with, with not a care in the world about, about loss of paycheck, about suspensions, about making it to the next level. I don't even know, but there's some maniacs under there. And sometimes I look at those guys saying, you know, those were the toughest guys that I've ever gone up against. And, you know, they're not household names because maybe they just couldn't quite skate well enough. Maybe they just didn't quite have the the mental ability to handle being in the NHL. They're too much of a wild card or a maniac, like little things that just kept them out of the NHL. But good Lord, there are some tough guys down in the American League. Yeah, I just remember it being when I was down there right around the time of the, that second lockout, 2012-13, and in, the game was starting to get away from the super heavies, but they were still in everyone's organization. So a lot of them ended up in the American League, not on the fourth line or on the bench of NHL rosters. And it's so like Steve McIntyre, right? A Sivanen's like just 250 pounds, six foot six, like just, oh, huge people, huge oh, humans. God. How do they make skates for some of those guys, man? I think the boogeyman was probably the scariest guy ever. Yeah. Um, you you go through his highlight tape, the boogeyman, and 
Oh my God. He was just in complete control all the time. And he was just waiting and waiting for his chance opening. And he would just bury guys. And I mean, sadly bury guys like destroy them. He ruined Fridge's face there in Philadelphia. Uh, another guy from the American League, tough guy, big lefty, Trevor Gillies. I'm sure people know his first game for the Anaheim Ducks. He fights Bugard and just gets KO'd, like right in front of the bench where he's like, doesn't even know where he is. Guys that went up against uh, him, Todd Fedorik is who I was thinking of. Todd's face is still like this when you talk to him because Bugard shattered everything on the side of his face he punched so hard he was such oh. a scary human being and you know maybe it's uh it's a good thing they went away from getting bigger and stronger because it was getting scary for a while there so did you cross paths you would have been around similar timeline there like walk us through that that would have been you stepping up a weight class for sure yeah he was playing for sure there was him and mcintyre and i remember Brian Burke came to the back of the jet when we were flying into town and McIntyre had just shattered Ivanin's face and ended his career. Boogeyman was doing it every other time he scrapped and, and Berkey came and sat down next to me and Colt Nor and he said, listen, guys, I know that you're not scared to go with anybody. I don't need you to prove that. But he said, I'm telling you, do not fight those guys and he's like basically like i'm ordering you not to and i looked yeah. at Orzi and i was like what the fuck is that i've never heard anything like that in my life i was like if it yeah. comes down to it i'm going i'm not gonna sleep at, at tomorrow night with that on my walking away turning my back chickening out couldn't do it but thankfully when i played them they were like mcintyre's uh, an old cowboy from around my parts and he's like rosie how you doing buddy and he'd he'd run <laughs> after pierre luc letourno leblanc and i'd, I'd be fine oh, to be buddies PL3. with you that game buddy yeah, exactly. And uh, oh. and then Boogeyman just kept to himself too. And he wasn't running around being a maniac when we played. So there is no reason for me to go out of my way to scrap. And, you know, at the end of the day, that very well could be a good thing. The team I covered one year in Abbotsford had Redis Ivanins, a year where he couldn't do cardio. He was so messed up from that Steve McIntyre fight that you referenced. Up the right side come the Oilers. And now a fight. The two big men. It's McIntyre and Ivanins. And it's McIntyre early with three right haymakers. The big man from Brock, Saskatchewan against the Latvian. Now fighting back, it's Evenins. And McIntyre has been licking his chops for this one all night. Now he fails Evenins with a powerful right. And this is serious. Evenins is hurt. The official calling the Calgary bench for the trainer. And you don't want to see this. Evenins dropped by McIntyre and prone on the ice. He like headaches and dizziness for a year. Any cardio. He quit doing things for a year and then still had some contract left, showed up in Abbotsford. He and Pierre-Luc Letourneau LeBlanc, same team. So <laughs> there's a veteran role in the American League, so you didn't see both of them out on the, the ice at the same time very often or even dressed at the same time very often. I forgot about that veteran rule, but yeah, those guys are not scared. And you saw a lot of that around that that area you're talking about, 2013-14. I was victim to it, but I think it was about 13 or 14 guys that were in the NHL in that role the year before who either weren't signed or sent down after training camp the next year. And it was just a chain reaction. They're all in the American League, and it got tough in a hurry. And uh, everyone was kind of in the same boat, and you you ran into teams like that where you're like, how are all these guys on the same team? And it kind of looked like uh, kind of looked like a team from like 2002 or something like that where you're counting the guys on the team saying, how in the hell do they have all that meat on one roster in one game? It was It was something else. It was the Wild West. 
Yeah, and it's funny because I think that same team, and I don't want to get too micro on the teams that you played on or that I covered, but it was like Paul Byron was a guy that rules change. He goes up. He's now a fourth liner, and this 250-pounder is now in the American League that was an NHLer, and you know there might have been an oversteer in there at some point, but it's like that was the type of roster changes that were happening at the edges of these NHL 23-man lists. It was like, okay, we don't need the 250-pounder if no one else is using theirs, and here's a guy that can fly and maybe pot 15 to 20 goals if he gets hot. We'll bring him up. Yeah, and, and you did see that, and it was an odd time for hockey. They were trying to figure it out. You'll notice it's around the same time that a lot of lawsuits are coming up. The NFL's cutting big, fat, hundreds and millions of dollars of checks to guys over concussions. Headshots are the biggest thing. Massive suspensions are getting handed out. Department of Player Safety is a huge thing all of a sudden with a huge burden on their shoulders. And they really went away from it. Like you said, they unloaded all those big boys and brought in a new type of hockey that was not as physical. There is not much fighting. Everyone was scared to hit anybody because whoever's fault it was did not matter. If you clipped a little piece of the guy's head during a body check, you're losing games in the NHL. You're losing money. You're getting suspended. So it was a difficult time. A lot of people didn't like watching it. It was kind of boring to watch. It wasn't as exciting. It wasn't even nearly as intense. But I think there was about five, six years of that. And I'm starting to see them figure it out they're understanding you know there's some big hits still that don't lead to penalties or suspensions Mm -hmm. um there's some intensity there's some rivalries there's some guys get pissed off and and do wild stuff and go after guys there's brawls that happen still and i think i said at the beginning of this podcast of this show a couple of weeks ago that i think that fighting is starting to find its place in this new nhl and it's not being non-existent like everyone feared it's still reason to have it i don't feel any reason to completely ban it i don't think that's in the near future and i'm kind of happy to say that i think they've kind of figured themselves out on where everything fits and and the game's a little bit better to watch than it has been in the last handful of years you want to talk about guys heated and fighting its right role in the game how about the oldest player in the nhl he happens to be one of the two participants in our fight of the week this is the fourth highest rated fight of the year for the NHL on HockeyFights.com. It is Mark Giordano, the oldest man in the league against Dakota Joshua, uh, a big energy player for the Vancouver Canucks. Joshua, the clubs and Joshua being challenged here by Mark Giordano. 40-year-old Mark Giordano up against one of the leading hitters in the NHL and he set a record for being the oldest player in Maple Leafs history to get in a fight. That's quite the accolade. And the fight's funny because Gio jumps in because of a hit that happened. That very same shift comes after him, does what he has to do. And you'll see Joshua is he knows he's got an older guy. I don't know who's on the beginning of their shift and the end of the shift, but he calls off the line. He's right away and says, no, no, no. And you can tell Gio's like, oh, shit has to get back in it. Joshua thinks he's done, opens up, and just eats one right in the mouth, and it's a clear win for Gio. You can see him afterwards. He looks goddamn exhausted, man. (laughs) Nothing better, and the barn's going nuts, so wonderful thing to see. Anyone can do it. What an example to set. 100%. Why wouldn't you? Look at him just gasping for air. The oldest guy in the league, stepping up to a big-bodied younger guy. That's great to see, man. And there's no bigger example you can set to the rest of your team. I'm not even 40 yet. And my bones and my body, it feels like it's tough to get out of bed sometimes. Gio's still banging and crashing like that, older than me, then steps up 
and he doesn't have to and scraps this big son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like if there's any reason to step up and bang the hell out of your stick on the bench to say, way to go, man, we're with you. It's that right there. And I think he has reinvigorated the Maple Leafs in that game. There was another fight afterwards with Domi. They won that game handily. It was a good precedence to set by their man. He was a little prickly. He was uh, chirping his former teammates uh, in Calgary the night before that, too. It was feisty Geo this weekend. That might be uh, exactly what the Leafs need. Is uh, they, They've been having a tough time with their fourth line, and the, the job that Ryan Reeves is supposed to do just can't be done if you're going to allow 11 goals and score none. That's what's happened when he's been on the ice, but it's team toughness. We always said that. That's where the, the real gains are made, and if that guy can do it, who's looking around that room saying, yeah, I can't do it? hundred percent. It's a, it's a great example to set. And you mentioned it, you know, Revo's up in the press box and, you know, tough balance for Reeves where first game you get scratched is one where there's two scraps. It's a highly spicy affair and they get a big win and then goals from their fourth line too. Yep. tough look for Reeves, but you certainly haven't seen the last of them, but he does need to figure out how to be on the ice and not be a liability. Mm-hmm. I've always been impressed with him still being in the league as long as he has been. I don't, follow him extremely closely but I assume that he's able to go out there be defensively responsible not be a liability not you know accumulate a dash or two every single game you cannot be in the NHL on a roster Mm -hmm. if you're getting scored on every single game so you need to get out there protect the puck you can't be fancy with it you can't take risks and chances that other guys on other lines can take you got to get it deep bang on their d-man get an ozone face off get the hell off that's what you're needed for that energy line and if you're out there for whatever reason getting scored on all the time it's going to be a short short season for you and i think revo is looking at that but i have faith he can bounce back and be a factor on that team uh won the norris at 35 wasn't drafted in the O, wasn't drafted in the nhl had to go to russia in the middle of his career to go get a one-way nhl deal that tells you about competitive juices. That tells you about a guy that won't quit. And we see that at 40. 40. Awesome. awesome Scrapping story. a much younger, bigger fellow. Just taking a quick look at our uh, fighting majors list. Nick Delorier is now at the top. Three fighting majors. He's won all three by voters at HockeyFights.com. Tanner Janot, all of a sudden, former Nashville Predator. He was picked up by the Lightning. Three fights, three victories. Arbor Jacki, our boy Wi-Fi, he's up there. He's got three scraps as well, one of them being a loss. We're starting to see some numbers here, Jay. I, I don't know if it's time for a belt or not, but uh, there's some guys I like what they're doing. And if Garnet Hathaway wants to start the lawnmower like that again, I think he'll be inside the top end of a list. Well, keep in mind, you can't be scrapping Dylan Cousins every single night and <laughs> uh, and be true. taking any belts around. So let's take it easy. But Delorier has been stepping up and looking like the Delorier that I know. I always had my eye on him for being a guy that could just lead the way. Jack, I, I mean, the loss that he took was to Janot, if you watched it. And Janot ran around. Um, he hit their young guy, Slavkowski, or whatever his name is. And Jack, I came out. It was an odd fight. Go check it out. It was... Uh, Jack guy completely pulled the shoot. He completely mm. pulled the shoot. It was they squared off. I couldn't believe how passive Janot was. His hands were on his side. He, even to the point where like they're in punching distance and they went at it. Janot was throwing at first, didn't land much. Jack guy popped his helmet off and just banana peeled it. And I can't say that I, it didn't look intentional. Some guys just don't have it. They don't get their spikes going in the inside of their belly and they decide they've had enough. And 
certainly looked like that from Jack guys. So not exactly indicative of, of being the belt holder, but I think we got to hold off, see what happens. I want to see these numbers get up there a little bit. I thought there was a hot start from some of the scrappers and it's not like guys are having 20 scraps in a season anymore, which is fine. There's no one that's kind of that one dimensional, but what I like is that it's being spread out around the league. Like we just talked about Dylan Cousins and you know, these different guys that are scrapping guys that are captains of their team veterans of their team guys that never scrap but show up two fights in a game here this week like they're spreading it out a lot and and it's kind of nice because you don't have to have that well let's see these two dummies tap each other on the shin pads have a go and then we'll ha- tap each other on the head and say hey say hi to the missus for me like that was getting a little bit stale and now like these scraps are out of frustration pissed off guys wanting to to vent to send a message their season's not going the way they want so what can i do to fire up the boys to send a message that we're not quitting caught an american league game this week it was the coachella valley firebirds and the calgary wranglers our boy alex galant was not in the lineup because the night before this crazy animal went toe-to-toe with a much bigger human in san diego at five-star scrap i want you to check that out that's your homework we'll talk about it next week and we got to get him on the show he, he is now the official favorite show fighter in the american league up in the rafters watching i think he might have had a bit of a sore face sore fist little combo there from the night before i uh, saw him walking around gave him the salute like the the nod of the head, like you, sir, I know you, you're good at fighting. And I think he just looked right through me, kept walking. So it probably was him. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. I love it, man. And uh, what do you think about them needing someone like him up on the Calgary Flames anytime soon? I think there's a spot. He needs a contract. He's on an AHL only one. Um, they're going to be pretty lean after the deadline. I could see the Flames moving three defensemen and a forward that you could do worse than having that guy as your 13th forward. I'll tell you that. Whew. Maniac. Especially if you got problems with levels of compete going on in your sure. locker room. A guy like that could certainly uh, set the tone for what's expected. All right. I've given you homework. Uh, be well. We'll see you in studio next week. This has been episode five of the Department of Discipline. Talk to you then in studio. Looking forward to it. See you next week. Gone down to the garden with a couple of my buds. I'm going to sit up in the cheap seats. I want to see a little blood. I want to get my money's worth. Eat some dogs, drink some beers. Wanna yell all night at the referee? Go on, you bum, get out of here. Wanna see a hockey fight? Little Donny Brook, little Boo Ha Ha. If our teams would score tonight, we all can yell hurrah, hurrah. I didn't come to see Gretzky, I didn't come to see Lemieux. Any of those other pretty boys and all that fancy stuff to do, it came to see the handsome brothers. Take on Dave the Hammer Schultz, drop their gloves, do the tango, and beat each other to a bloody pole. Wanna see a hockey fight, little Donnie Brook, little Brew, ha ha. If our teams had score tonight, we all can yell hurrah, hurrah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.